Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. For sermon notes, click the link in the description. Today, we continue our series called Next Gen Faith, Emerging Leaders Speaking God's Word. Rachel Taylor, Bridgeway's coordinator of our children's ministry, Bridge Kids, will share with us how listening up to the older generation and listening down to the younger generation can help us listen to God today. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Happy holidays, Bridgeway Community Church. That includes Thanksgiving behind us and Christmas in front of us. I'm so excited about our Christmas Eve service and serving opportunities. Make sure you check online. Join us to serve our community, our culture, and our world for Jesus Christ. We are in the middle of, and in fact, the fourth installment of a five-week series called Next Gen Faith where we have people from uh, the next generation, the current generation, those in their 20s and 30s who are bringing the word of God. We've talked about love. We've talked about leverage. We've talked about leadership. Next week, Kevin Turpin II is going to close down the series with a message on legacy. You're not going to want to miss next week. But today, we're so privileged to have Rachel Taylor Rachel Taylor came to us as an intern a while back, and she's been now serving uh, full-time at Bridgeway Community Church for five years in our Bridge Kids ministry as a Bridge Kids ministry coordinator. She married Stephen Taylor many years ago, and some of you will know who Stephen is, others of you won't. He's the son of Pastor Dan Taylor, who's been with us most of the life of this church. I knew Stephen when he was born, and he grew up with my kids as well. And then he went off to Bible college, and there at Lancaster Bible College, he met Rachel. Rachel graduated from Lancaster Bible College, as did Stephen Taylor, and now they're both working full-time here at Bridgeway Community Church. In fact, Rachel received two bachelor's degrees, one in biblical studies, the other in student ministries. What I like about Rachel is she not only listens to God, but she also listens to those around us, including children, to try to figure out how can she walk closer to the Lord. I'm so excited because she's going to bring us the word of God today, and she's going to talk to us about listening to God. So even in our Christmas scene one, we're trying to figure out what does it mean to listen? Well, right now, why don't you tune your ear and tune your heart to Rachel Taylor. Put your hands together right there in your home. Rachel, so glad that you're here at Bridgeway Community Church. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Pastor Anderson. Welcome to church, Bridgeway. I am so so excited to be here with you this holiday weekend, um, and I'm so privileged and honored to um, be, have this opportunity, so thank you, Pastor. Um, so I, I just can hardly wait to talk about listening, and I hope you're ready to listen to me. So the assignment I was given for this message was listening to God, listening to mentors, listening to kids, people who are younger than you. So I started to think of when the first time I heard God was. And I came up with a really, really sweet memory. 
So I was five years old, and I was terribly afraid of bedtime. Not because of the dark, um, like most kids are, but because I was alone, and it was silent. When you're a kid, that never happens. You're always supervised, and there's always baby shark playing in the background. But I was alone, and it was silent. So my parents, who um, took me to church every week, they, they had to figure out something to do. Um, and I, I think there's a picture that shows uh, just proof that they took me to church every week, little five-year-old Rachel. Um, well, my mom knew that the only person who can break fear, even fear of bedtime, is Jesus. So she put a giant poster on my uh, door, my bedroom door. And it said, Psalm 56.3, it said, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you. So the day that she put that poster up, turned off the lights and walked away, little five-year-old Rachel, she uh, looked at that poster and read the scripture for myself. I read it, and I felt a peace wash over my entire body. And that's the first time I heard God talk personally to me through his word. Now, as you know, growing up means more distractions. It's not as simple as reading a poster, and it's not as simple as reading your Bible. Uh, as we saw in that video, I'll Be Home for Christmas, life gets anxious and chaotic. You know, there's hardly any space in your brain to hold anything anymore, let alone listen to a still, small voice of Jesus. Uh, there's so much chaos around us that tries to distract us from what we are supposed to be focusing on. There's, I'm reminded of the chaos that I know um, in some of your lives that you've shared with me. You know, some of you have lost your homes. You don't know how you're going to buy groceries that week. Maybe you're struggling to survive your own really anxious and silent night. But there has to be a way for us in those chaotic moments when everything is so loud around us for us to listen to God. So what I pray that we can build together is a structure that can hold us up when we can't hold ourselves up. What I hope that we can do is listen in the midst of chaos. So the base of this is scripture, as it always is. It's 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. Can you turn there with me? Smartphones or Bibles, either one is good. Now, as you turn there, 1 Samuel 3, I just want to tell you what the background of the passage is. Samuel was an apprentice priest. He was 12 years old, uh, just before his bar mitzvah, even. He was really young. His mother, Hannah, had trouble having children, and she was mocked merciless, mercilessly for it. And she, she was so driven to tears that she collapsed and prayed to God, God, please give me a child. And Samuel was the answer. So God gave her Samuel, 
and she gave Samuel back to God. As soon as he was able to toddle off on his own and feed himself, she gave him to the tabernacle to train as a priest with Eli, the head priest. Now, but when Samuel was training, there was a lot of chaos around him. Everything around him was noisy because Eli's sons, who were leaders in the tabernacle and in the church, they were sinning from God and leading all the other priests to sin too. They were stealing and threatening from God's people. Every time God's people would bring an offering to God, then Eli's sons would take some of that that wasn't theirs for themselves. And if, if the people of God tried to keep it for themselves, then they would threaten them. So Samuel's trying to trust God, and he's trying to obey God and even learn how to listen to God in the midst of all this chaos. And what does he do? Well, let's read it. 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. But one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming weak so he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am, and ran to Eli, said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel went up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came, stood there, calling as all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Before we get into the nuts and bolts of how we listen to God and what that looks like, I think we need to learn something from Samuel. The scripture said Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was, and the Lord called Samuel. Before he could even respond, Samuel needed to acknowledge that God was speaking to him. God's mess, before he could even interpret God's message or respond. Now, Bridgeway, Bridgeway, God is speaking to you. He is speaking to you right now. He's calling out your name. Samuel, Samuel, that, his voice is 
beckoning you to listen to his specific, unique message to you. And before we can even talk about listening, we need to acknowledge that. So God wanted to speak to you so badly that he wrote a 66-book-long love letter to you. You have it in your smartphones, or you have a book, the Bible, it's right in front of you. Now, we don't have a hope of listening to him if we don't believe that he is individually speaking to us. So, let's say and affirm it together, or type it in the chat. Type out, God is speaking to me. Now, if you believe God has a message for you, I need you to say and declare or type that God is speaking to me. And now, let's take a cue from Samuel and say, Lord, your servant is listening. Now, now that we are ready to listen, I've got three points that I think that we can take from Samuel to interpret God's unique, special message from us. These three principles can help us when the chaos tries to steal our message away, tries to take what is so rightfully ours that God is offering freely, and we can't let that happen. It is so special and so important. Now, the three principles are dialogue, discern, and decide. So let's start with dialogue. God called Samuel four times. Four times! He kept going and going and going. But he didn't speak. He didn't give the message until Samuel engaged in the conversation. He didn't speak his message until Samuel engaged in the conversation. Now, how often is God trying to speak to us, but we are too afraid or distracted to answer? Whew. Keeping up a regular prayer life is so important because when he has these messages for us, if we're praying regularly, then we tune our ears so that we can hear his voice. It's like uh, Siri and voice recognition, you know? The more you talk to her, the more she understands. Well, the more you talk to God, the more you understand his voice. The scripture says, um, the scripture says, my sheep hear my voice. They know me. Whew. You don't have to worry about missing something that God is saying when you keep up the dialogue. But can I share something personal with you? For the longest time, I felt inadequate to talk to Jesus. I felt there was this vision of the perfect Christian woman, and I didn't fit it. You know, she wakes up at 5 a.m., cooks breakfast for her family, does her devotions. She, she works and takes care of the kids at the same time, and... She stays up to the middle of the night sewing and <laughs> praying to God, and I didn't fit that. I, if I could help it, I wouldn't wake up until 10 a.m. every day. But 
So I, I stopped talking to God. I thought, you know, I don't fit this, so I don't want to do it wrong. But a mentor came up to me, and he, he helped me get back on track. He helped me lead me back to God, and he said, God wants to talk to you exactly as you are. You don't have to change. He wants to talk to you exactly how he created you, your personality, your quirks. He loves you. You are his child. Your unique conversation and dialogue with him will be different. Now, he spoke to Moses through a burning bush. He spoke to Elijah through a still small voice, and he spoke to Joseph in a dream. So embrace the dialogue that he's offering to you. Don't judge it, and don't reject it just because it's unique. That makes it special. Now, keeping up the dialogue with God, it's not just about talking with God. It's also talking with our community around us. If you're so lost that you can't seem to find God and you, you don't know how to listen to him, remember that verse, my sheep hear my voice, they know me, they follow me. So if we're sheep, go with that metaphor, hang out with other sheep. The flock is where the shepherd is. So if you steer yourself back into the flock, they, the other sheep, they'll help, you, they'll help lead you back to where you're supposed to be. It's when we go off on our own and start wandering in isolation. That's dangerous. We, we need each other and we need help so that community can help us listen to God and to recognize his voice, to even interpret what he's saying. Just like Eli. You know, Eli was that help in Samuel's life. He helped Samuel interpret God's words. Because, again, Samuel was a 12-year-old boy who got up every time that he heard God's voice and went to the wrong person. He didn't know how to respond. But Eli told him how to do it. Now, it was the middle of the night, and I'm sure Eli was very terribly inconvenienced. But, like, how dare this punk kid wake him up at 2 a.m.? But as soon as Eli realized that God was speaking to him, he dropped everything. He put aside his own need to sleep. He put aside his own emotions of anger because he was woken up. And he took the time to tell Samuel exactly what to do from his own experience. And you know, Cody talked about this in his conduit leadership sermon, the power of presence. You know, how have you lived this? I'm going to take that a step further and say we need one another to affirm God's voice in our own lives and to teach us how to respond to him. I need those who have gone before me to tell me, how do I speak to God? How do I listen to God? And they need me, just the same, to say what God is saying to them because Samuel was hearing the message. It wasn't a message for Eli. They need each other. The body of Christ, we desperately need to live 
in community, as a flock, under one shepherd. Now, when I ask my preschoolers to pray in Bridge Kids, they are absolutely adorable. They always get really excited, and they raise their hands. They say they want to pray, but then they go blank. So I end up praying one line at a time, and they repeat after me. And just that way, we learn to pray through the people who have gone before us. It's so important to, to be able to pray together if we're, if we're trying to listen to God. Now, our first point was dialogue, but the second is discern. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not quite sure what God is trying to tell me and what the world is trying to tell me. There's competing voices, and I don't know what I want to believe versus what I should actually believe. There are so many voices and opinions we need to discern to dismiss the distractions. Get the noise out of the way. And God has given us such a special blessing to do this. That's scripture. Anything that is contrary to scripture is not from God. You know, Samuel and Eli were very familiar with God's word to his people. Um, they, as priests, you know, they knew the history, the rich history. They knew the faith stories. Um, they knew that they could sift anything through scripture. So if they thought, say, the Ten Commandments, you think God might be telling me to murder someone? I can tell you no. That is not, <laughs> that is contrary to scripture. Um, you can always use scripture as a guideline to filter out what's not from God. But another way to exercise discernment is once again, place yourself in the presence of God. Choose to stand in his presence by serving. You know, Samuel heard God's voice when he was serving in the tabernacle. He was in God's presence. He chose to be there. And his job, it wasn't terribly important. I don't know if you caught it because it was this little sentence, but his job was to relight the candle once it went out in the middle of the night. That's all. But God chose to spoke to him, his faithful servant. You know, it's a way to surround yourself in community, to serve as a team and focus on God. And when, we, when our focus is on God, then the rest of the world melts away. Now, so we've dialogued, we've discerned, and now it's time to decide. The original words used in the Bible for listen means to hear and to do. Together. Hear and do. Together. It's both the effort of hearing and the action of doing. So hear me out. I'll give you an example again with kids. Say there's a mother who tells her son, go take out the trash before you go to the bus stop. And son says, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. And he just goes to the bus stop and hangs out with his friends. Doesn't even look at the trash. 
do you think the mother would say that her son listened to her? He heard her. He heard the words. But he didn't put it into action and respond. You know, James 1, 23 to 24 says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. I don't want to be like that. I want to respond. You know, we have a choice to listen to this wonderful, forgiving God who who is merciful. If we make a mistake trying to follow him, he just, he says, child, just come back to me. I'll show you the way. But if we choose to ignore him, we're choosing to step away from him. And we've said, he has a message for us. He has a message for you. So responding to it and trying to follow him every day, every step, is in action, our act of praise in listening to him. You don't have to get it right. You don't have to be the perfect Christian. But when you're listening, the more practice you have, the more you attune your ear to his voice, the more you'll be able to follow in his way. You know, Romans 2.13 also says, For it is not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight, but it is those who obey the law who will be declared righteous. Ultimately, it's your choice. You can respond to God's voice. He is speaking to you, and he's not asking for perfection. And there's one message that God is speaking to all of us. That's, will you follow me? My child, will you follow me? If you've never decided to follow Jesus, this is a moment where you can hear him, maybe through me, where he's giving you an opportunity. Child, come follow me. Listening is hearing and doing. You can have this gift that's free and accept it with all of your heart. You know, and God will keep saying this, just like he called Samuel over and over again. Samuel, Samuel, Samuel! He's calling out your name, and you have the power to choose, decide. If you're ready to decide and to choose in this moment and to not put it away and say, I'll do it later anymore, will you pray with me? I'll pray with you. Dear God, we thank you so much that you call us over and over again, that you do not give up on us. God, we hear you. We hear what you've spoken, and we want to follow you. We know that you are the way. Please forgive us and be the Lord of our lives. In your name. Amen. If that is the first time you've ever prayed that, I just want to say, 
I'm so excited. I am celebrating with you. Bridgeway is celebrating with you. And the heavens, angels in heaven are celebrating with you. And my, my one uh, declaration or ask for you and for everybody else who's hearing my voice, who's been following Christ for a while, surround yourself with other believers in community because that's how we hear God. When we place ourselves in proximity to God and fellow believers, that's when we can hear him and hear his voice. That's when we can believe him. Bridgeway, let's listen to God together. Rachel, thank you so much for bringing the word of God to us. I love that last line, Bridgeway, let's listen to God together. The message was beautiful because it reminds us that he is with the flock. Can I ask you, even as you were working on this message, were you in community with other people to kind of help you uh, listen to God? Would you share that with us? Yeah, absolutely. I, I was so blessed. Um, that Aunt and Will and Cody, everybody who's gone before me, and even the pastors of Bridgeway, all helped me and prayed with me. Because, um, again, we do it together, better together. Yeah, well, I think that's a good example for all of us because you can get in this Christian isolation. And I know when you're in Bible college, and I was in Bible college, you know, you can get into uh, the personal devotion so much that sometimes you miss the community devotions, if you will. So thank you so much for bringing uh, that message. It was, it was clear. And uh, I want to read some declarations now that come from the message, just a couple of them before uh, we turn it back over to Pastor Michener. Here's one. Bridgeway is and will continue to be a place where scripture is, sent, is the central measuring rod for whether God is speaking to us or not. I really like the fact that you remind us that, you know, I feel like God's telling me to murder someone. Uh, no. <laughs> you know, so it's so good. If it doesn't square with scripture, it shouldn't square with us. If what we are hearing from God does not square with scripture, then we will not interpret it as coming from God. Here's a second and final declaration before Pastor Michener comes back. Bridgeway is and will continue to be a place that encourages each of us to not simply be hearers of the word, but to do, be doers of the word as well. Today, let's listen to God together. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc slash T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.